know, welcome to uh, Rupert and Pinchy Show. Uh, we're glad that you're joining us today, and and we hope that you find it entertaining and informative and thought provoking. Absolutely. Therefore, yep. Therefore, I'm going to let Pinchy do most of the talking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, today we're going to talk about uh, our intro, kind of elusive that being trapped on the squirrel cage. Uh, the world presses in upon us. Uh, the culture presses on us. The things that we see around the world um, and in our neighborhoods and in our schools that cause us great concern. And um, it can be overwhelming. And if we're one of those people, is that proper English? Mm-hmm. If we're one of those types of people that like to stay informed, uh the way the uh, world is set up, set up right now, especially for information, is there's a huge giant spigot, and you will be filled with information. <laughs> there's the internet. Uh, there's uh, the news. There's the radio. There's um, uh, written form newspapers, which is Movies. not commonly used anymore. Movies. I mean, uh, our, we are we are not in a shortage of information, and so. Um, how do we deal with that? How do we remain effective? Uh, how do we become uh, the best Christians that we can be? Uh, the best uh, sons or daughters that we can be? The best friends that we can be? Uh, the best uh, husband or wife that we can be? Best children? Uh, what can we do? Because that constant flow from the world and the informational world... And, and that gives us uh, uh, updates on what's going everything. on, uh, everything, and every part of the world, we can become overwhelmed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, um, that's kind of one of the things about the information age, which we are in, is uh, we hear this, we hear that, and uh, we can take that with a grain of salt, or we can... Uh, what would it be? We can follow along with it. And uh, with that, we have so much information. It can be such a blessing, but it can be such a curse as well because there are many things that we know that we would never hear of. Um, but because we have the Internet and because we have all this, we hear about it all the time. So uh, there are many people that are just... The, the news is really... It's hard to parse out everything and to think through everything. So we jump on this bandwagon, we jump on that bandwagon, we don't necessarily understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it seems like um, there are three basic responses that we could have to all this information. Uh, we could avoid it and live our life. Which many people do. Yeah. Uh, the second one, we could be consumed by it, by scrupulously being constantly plugged in. Or, three, we can prudently and temperately stay informed. And those are the really the three main options that you have. Avoid, uh, be um, feverishly plugged in um, and consumed by the information or prudently uh, process the information 
and and maintain control over over it. Two vices uh, and one virtue. Yeah, there's two. So, yeah, prudence, uh, or uh, number one would be basically cowardice. Yeah. Number two would be um, courage. What rashness? Rashness. Oh yeah, two. yeah. Would be rashness, and number three would be prudence, and and like you said, courage. Yep. Um, there's a saying that you and I talk about uh, that. Um, there is there the life is like an ocean with great giant waves. And we are not to drown in the ocean, but we're to ride the waves. Yeah, ride the and wave, so, man. Ra- yeah, ride the wave, man. I'm riding a wave. Uh, so, um, so what we want to talk about today is, um, first of all, do we think it's important to be informed? Absolutely. So, what do you think we should be informed about? Um, well, we shouldn't be informed about. Um, we should be. Oh, that's a leading. What? That's a leading question. That's a leading question. Let me. Let me. Uh, I was directing you a certain way and, and un- unfairly. What do you think is the first thing to know of information that? Yeah. Well, that would be the foundational, which is our faith. What do we believe? And many people don't know what they believe. They don't know what they'll be. They don't know what to do in their lives, and. uh uh, there's just so much misdirection, misunderstanding of what that is, just like it's talked about. And uh, people have different ideas of what aiming at the good is. And we need to look at the foundational first. Mm-hmm. So we need fir- to aim true. Yeah. Whoa, where did I see that before? <laughs> it's on our website. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, so the first thing is... Uh, to know our faith. Yeah. Yeah, to know our faith. Understanding is necessary to know your faith. Uh, just like being in a relationship as friends, uh, you can't really be a close friend to somebody that you don't have knowledge about. Mm-hmm. And so now uh, in God and in, in our walk with Christ, um, there are those people, and we're not uh, that maybe don't have much knowledge, but they have a lot of goodness and humility, and patience, and uh, virtue. No, yeah, yeah, virtue. Knowledge is a wonderful thing, and understanding is a wonderful and needful thing. Yes, but humility is greater than those. Absolutely. It, and in order to have those requires humility. And sometimes humility comes before understanding. Right. <laughs> you know, and sometimes understanding becomes comes before humility because we don't maybe know that we're you know, we naturally perhaps don't know that we should be humble. Right. But knowledge will bring that uh, that message clear to yeah. us. And it may be not knowledge that we want to know. It might be our teacher sending us to the principal because we're being very disruptive. And all of a sudden we realize that it doesn't matter what we say or think. That's not the most important thing. It's that we, uh, um, uh, you know, are humble. So anyway, so, or maybe our, so our you're saying, brothers and sisters are humble. Well, so you're saying our, that part of that environment is, will humble us. So part of that is realizing, realizing that we can be wrong. That's what humility is to some degree, right? 
Or yes and no. Yeah. There's kind of life a balance. Is always a paradox. Life is always a paradox. Humility is probably uh, not so much that um, it's possible that we don't know the truth. Right. A greater humility would be to think that you do and still remain silent and give deference. Not the silence of, of uh, avoidance. yeah. Or complacency, but the si- silence of prudence, where maybe it's not time to share this. Right. And that give the other person an opportunity to share their opinion. Uh, sometimes humility is not so much recognizing that we can be wrong. It's like power. It's a balance. It's a, Yeah, it's like power. You know, Jesus had ultimate power. And yet he didn't use it. Right. If you there was a time to use it. Yeah. Um, if you and I had that kind of power, we would have accidentally killed many mm. people in our lives. Boom, get out of here. <laughs> uh, That's because uh, we're not um, careful many times. Yeah, we're not, we're not prudent. We're not, we're not humble. We're not meek. We're not gentle. We need to become those things. But anyway. So where do we start? So, so the first thing is, is knowing our faith. Yep. You know? Knowing what we profess to be true. Yes. Uh, and, um, and so it starts with us as individuals. So we look at the, the political world. Yeah. We look at the, the culture breakdown across the world. All we the look problems. At war, all the problems. War, devastation. Rumors hunger, of wars. Starving, rumors of wars. Uh, school boards, uh, you know, promoting uh, vile wickedness. Uh, our churches, uh, where there's some that are teaching um, wickedness or uh, promoting wicked lifestyles yep. uh, in the name of Christ. Uh, all these things that uh, press in on us um, and all these concerns. Are, are legitimate concerns, and that's where we say that we need to be informed of these things. Yeah, absolutely. But we need to know that change starts... With the individual. In my life, with the individual, in my life. Yep. Okay. So you want to, you want to be the most effective Christian and husband or wife, etc. Child, yeah. Okay, uh, you don't do that by shipping uh, a bunch of cheese to Clackakistan. Mm-hmm. You know where that country is, right? No idea. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's not a real country. But anyway, I just I use Kazakhstan. So. so so I, sh- uh, I ship all the cheese to Kazakhstan. That's not changing the world if I'm a jerk or uh, if I'm if I'm unruly. Uh, to my uh, against my parents and disobedient. So it starts with the it starts with the individual. So professing your faith and knowing your faith. Well, um, it's interesting about talking about giving to others, like across overseas. Some of that can be virtue signaling, or what would it be? Uh, it would be showiness. It can be showiness, and so we got to have the balance of being able to do the right thing, but have it as a habit, and so. Um, we can't really change the world unless we change ourselves. Habit is a habit? <laughs> habit is a habit? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, um, 
We can't really change the world without changing ourselves. And maybe we'll never change the world. But is that the point? No. Are we here to change uh, the world? And the answer would be no. You know, that would be a secondary... We're not here to change the world. Um, That could be a result, but that's not... Right, the purpose. That's a, that's another. That's probably another show. Which uh, that would be a long uh, the, conversation. The desi- yeah, the desire for utopia. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but what you're describing about uh, um, helping others, and I think it was Charles Dickens, and I I don't know all the his stories. Right. But he talked about he wanted to show the the futility of what he called. Uh, Tera- telescopic philanthropy telescopic philanthropy so uh i guess that's self-explanatory but you're looking at helping somebody two thousand miles away across the ocean and there's poor and hungry people in your neighborhood maybe in your own household yep it starts at your home and it's not being selfish to take care of yourself first you can only give what you have. Yeah. Right? Right, yeah. Well, so I can't swim, and there's somebody drowning, and I go, well, I'm going to feel better about myself. I'm going to jump in and drown that person and myself. No. It's futile. Okay, you don't know how to swim, but you know how to run. Right. Run and go get that rope. Run and go call. Run and grab somebody else. Run, run and, and, you know, use what you have. But you can only use what you have. And so... Uh, it starts small. It starts in our own selves, then our own home, our own families, our own extended families, our own community, or I should say our neighborhood, our yep. community, our county. It, it goes continues. out from there. Yeah, and, and right. kind of if you look at what the Pharisees were saying, and Jesus points out their hypocrisy, is uh, they were throwing away the commandments of the Lord, and they were saying, well, instead of obeying my parents, I'm going to do uh, give the respect that I would have given for my parents and try and do something else with it. And, oh, I'm, I'm helping and I'm praising God and I'm doing all this for God. But you are ignoring what God told you to do. So clearly you are not doing what God said. Because God said to do this. The first part of loving God and Jesus is doing what he tells you. Just like it, it says in, in the scriptures, why do you say, Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? And so we have a responsibility to do what's right, even if it doesn't have the biggest impact in the world, even if it doesn't change the world. We, mm-hmm. we, that's not the purpose of our uh, lives here. And uh, so we need to be aware of what's going on to... Uh, to be able to discern what's right and wrong. Um, and we need to do what's right when it's in front of us. Instead of giving that $5 to charity and then doing nothing else. It's a lifestyle. It's uh, mm-hmm. the, the war is here. And what do we do in response? The war of life is here. Not the wars of um, the past or, or from far away. It's right here. What do you do? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? So then, so then you have uh, you have the the telescopic uh, philanthropy, or, um, philanthropy. Uh, the telescopic uh, philanthropy. Uh, that's one 
that's one pitfall. The other pitfall is to look around and say, so-and-so isn't doing anything about yep, this problem. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, that person isn't... Well, the um, there's always a saying that you've heard that um, uh, true people that are leaders or are slash true doers leaders. are those who say, uh, lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. You know? And that type of person does not have time to figure out who is or who isn't doing what they should be doing. They're more concerned about what they should be doing. Yeah. Okay? And so it starts, like we said, with yourself, then your family, then your extended family, your neighborhood, etc. And out from there, it starts in the center. And so, um, and in order to do that, it takes faith. Uh, because you want to, you see what's going on in Kislakistan. And so you want to help Kislakistan. And maybe you can, that's a different subject yeah, right. to yeah. some degree. But but if you're not standing up and, and helping where you're at, what you're doing over there really doesn't mean anything. Um, uh, it doesn't, it has no lasting, right. lasting uh, fruit. Yeah. So, um, you know, coming back to when Jesus was telling the Pharisees, the Pharisees, uh, um, they took money that that was owed to their parents. Yeah. And they gave it, uh, they would say, to the church or to the synagogue or, you know. Yeah. But in reality, Jesus knew their hearts. They weren't given out of love for the church or the synagogue. They were buying favor. Yeah. Oh, Oh, look at so-and-so gave us $10,000. He's such a wonderful man. He's helping us build our synagogue. He did it for the compliment. Yep. And yet that wasn't money that should have gone to, perhaps shouldn't have gone to the church or to the synagogue. It maybe should have gone to his family. Right. Maybe gone should have gone to his brother who was in need, or his sister, or son or daughter, or parent. Um, the people that so depend anyway, on them. Yeah. So, uh, so it's so coming back to it starts with the individual. With, uh, with the individual, and uh, the uh, the scripture says, "Put on the whole armor of God." Okay. That doesn't, you know, Z. Tell me what I call you, Z. I call you Pinchy, whatever. Pinchy. Um, uh, Finchy, um, when it says put on the whole armor of God, does it say that takes like five minutes? <laughs> nope. Nope. How long does that take? Your entire life. Exactly. Exactly. It's something you have to work on all the time. And, uh, um, and it doesn't happen overnight. And it's a little here, a little there. But you put on the armor of God. So you start taking care of yourself. You start informing yourself. You know, a lot of Christians don't believe they need to really go to church because they think church is everywhere. They think it's the church is just some spiritual thing that's out there, and it's just like me and, and my Bible, yeah. and, and I'm just going to be humming in, the, in, in a closet. It's like, uh, no, you need other people. Church is an assembly. Ecclesia. Assembly. 
<laughs> well, it starts and, with the individual, but it's not solely the individual. Because we well, are the individual has responsibilities. Yeah, absolutely. And uh mm-hmm. our we need to be we we are community people. We are the social animal as uh Dave Berlinski says, I'm pretty sure he's the one that says that all the time. Um mm-hmm. and so we need to have a certain balance where it's we're not we're not here for ourselves. But we still have things that we got to do. And mm-hmm. we got to do it together at some point mm-hmm. because we're not single islands. We're not islands. Islands unto ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, so uh, Jesus said that we are um, we are individually members of the body of Christ, and so an I here and uh, here there, one part. Yeah, yeah, but still of the one body. Yeah. So, so uh, even though the first starting point is ourselves, um, we have uh, we have a purpose to assist others. Yeah. In a in a uh, uh, interdependent way, just like when, like you mentioned, that the hand doesn't say the foot, I have no need of thee, yeah. or the foot doesn't say to the hand, I have no need of thee, or the head to the feet, or the eye to the ear. Uh, no, they all work together. They're individually members Link. of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the difference. Uh, one of the main differences uh, in communism and. They, a lot of people want to say that uh, Christianity is um, socialistic yeah. or communistic. It's like it's it's and nothing of the kind. And they give the one example. And they give the one example. Yeah, and it's nothing of the kind because it says that we are individually members of a body. Yeah. Individually members of a body. One body, many we members. Ha- exactly. We have our individuality. And God knows us, each and every one of us, individually. And so anyway, where were we going? Well, we're oh, showing individuals. those pitfalls, yeah. And the individuals. Yeah, so anyway, we, we take care of ourselves. We start working with our families. And, uh, and we do, basically, it comes down to what is under your control. This is nothing new. Yeah. We've heard a lot of uh, teaching on this, uh, both secular uh, and... Um, Christian teaching. Um, what do you control and what is your concern? And where those overlap should be your priority. Yep. Um, a lot of times what we control and what is our concern, it doesn't... My control over how the government in Kazakhstan is operating is not under my control. And in fact... It's not hugely, is that a word? Hugely. It's not very, it's not very much in, within my uh, scope Perfect. of concern yeah. as well. Because uh, um, uh, you're not there. I'm not there. You can only love those who you know. So Those who you see. Right, who you see and know. And so um, now down the road, if, if I've got... Perhaps I would be, because uh, Lakistan might come into my purview or into my Your view ability, of, yeah. of concern. But if I'm not doing all the hundreds of things before Kazakhstan, uh, then I'm just deceiving myself and I'm virtue signaling. I'm feeling good about an action I'm taking. Yeah. 
taking, you know? That's why, you know, when Jesus, if Jesus were to say, hey, I would really like you to get me a cup of coffee. And we went to go get his cup of coffee and thought, well, you know what? I know he likes beer. I think I'm just going to get him a lining kugels. Right. And we bring it to him and we think he's going to be pleased. Right. And he would be like, um, well, thank you for the linies, but I really wanted coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like our, it's kind of like friends that we have, family members. Um, uh, if, if I really like chocolate ice cream and you hate chocolate ice cream, but you, or tolerate chocolate ice cream, but strawberry is your favorite and I'm coming over to your house. And I bring chocolate ice cream because I think I'm going to bless you. Because I really want to give you something nice. No, I'm really giving that to myself. Whereas I would bring the strawberry over because I knew that's what you wanted. Well, yeah. going with that? Well, basically you're saying we have things, imperatives that we are supposed to follow. And uh, we think something is more important. Or we think it's, it's like, why would you give me this task? This is like... You could have given me such a better task. And then, um, but we're, we are where we are for a reason. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so we got to do stuff and we got to, um, do what's right. Even if we think we know what's better, what's best. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing is we need to have our priorities straight of how do we look at the world? Do we look at it as, um, the world is, all bad and everything is falling apart or do or are we the kind of people that's like well everything's fine and dandy everything will turn out and right and we we have different misconstruing of how the how we look at the world and uh we let it in, we let the news and everything inundate us or we try and change the world you know well and um a lot of times um a person, especially Christians, can get a savior complex. They're out to save the world. No. Christ saved the world. Mm-hmm. And then he, he wants to save us and conform us to his image. And if we will do what he asks us to do, then the other things will take care of themselves. You know... Paul says that uh, the whole purpose of, of the, the main purpose is that we have uh, a true love from a sincere heart. If we could have that true love from a sincere heart, from a sincere heart, we would have everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is love? <laughs> yeah. So, so we have to take care of what our responsibilities are. And uh, everyone knows what, everyone could list what their responsibilities are. And the thing is, a lot of times we've never listed them. Right. Uh, even, even just within our mind. If we did, we would realize, you know what? I don't need to worry about my cousin Bob first. It's my son Jerry or my daughter Karen, that should be my main concern. Bob does need help, 
but I first need to make sure I'm taking care of um, Karen and Jimmy or whatever yeah. name I use there. Um, and so uh, we need to identify what are those things within our control and not only control with uh, responsibility. You know, uh, Americans, uh, freedom-loving people around the world love to talk about liberty. Mm -hmm. With every liberty comes a duty. A responsibility, or yes. Du or duties. Yeah. And so, and so uh, um, anyway, we have uh, duties to those things that are under our concern. We have responsibilities. And, and that's where it sometimes, it, well, all the time it takes faith. You have 24 hours in a day. And those 24 hours need to be appropriated where, where they need to be appropriated based on the hierarchy of, of priority yep. and proximity. You know, um, are they within your area of concern? Yes. Are they within your area of control? No. Then pray about the concern. Focus on what you can control. Yeah. You know? So, uh, but we do not, we don't do that to the degree we need to. And I, I think we can show um, real examples of what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, we, the world is going to impress itself upon us. Like you said, the battle, the war, it's, it's at our door. We don't have to go look for it. Right. Now, some people have bigger battles than others. Uh, I'm a single person. So I can make decisions on the fly because no one is counting on me to provide food, clothing, yep. and shelter. Okay? So... Uh, and if I make a decision uh, to, for example, if the government says you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to uh, buy food, mm -hmm. and I decide, no, I don't agree with that, it's easier for me because then the only, the only mouth potentially that I'm going to starve is my own. So everybody has varying responsibilities and... and, and uh, within their lives and some have it easier to make certain decisions some have it harder but we need to start making those hard and easy decisions mm -hmm. that approach us at the front door well um is it peter or paul that talks about the virtues of being single and the virtues of being married is like if you're married you have to deal with um dealing with your family and helping them your your duty is to them so you can't just give up. Um, what would it? You, you, it's harder for you because mm -hmm. you are not only bound to yourself. You're bound to right. someone else and their and what they need. Sometimes we sometimes we read that portion of scripture or the scripture is presented in such a way that um, that uh, singleness or or not being married. Is exalted above Marriage. being married, yeah. and I don't think that's uh, the point. Really, the intent there at all. It's everybody is called. Uh, Paul also goes, remain in the state to which you were called. If you're married, remain married. 
If you're unmarried, uh, remain unmarried and focus on God. Uh, and even that wasn't a command from the Lord. But what I want to talk about there, is, or what I want to emphasize there is, is that God gives us a free will and choice. And uh, if we choose to be married, that's a wonderful choice. It just comes with different responsibilities. Yeah. More responsibilities. It's a different calling. If you, yeah. If you want to, uh, if you feel that you're called to preach the gospel, to be a pastor, to be a priest, um, you know, uh, you have to understand that that's, that's not like a 30, that's not like a, a, a eight to five Monday through Friday job. Just like, and it's that's where it's exactly the same as a parent. Oh, I'm a parent eighty hours a week. No, no, you're it's a parent all the time, all week, right? Yeah. And so, uh, the minister or the uh, priest or the pastor is the same as a, a mother or father. They are committed full time. Yep. Well, we we have jobs that we that we are involved in, and we have a duty to pursue, and uh, so we need to make sure that we're doing what we can when we can do it. So that basically sums up that basic message that we're trying to get out there with that. Right? Is mm -hmm. we have things we've got to do. We shouldn't become overwhelmed. We shouldn't think everything is horrible and all bad. Or we, and we shouldn't think everything is fine and dandy when it's not. We have a duty to do what's best. And what's best is being the patriot, being the, the person that wills the best of, of the country, of people, of, of what we can control. And so we want to be not optimists, not pessimists, but those that seek the best. And the best shows its form in the individual first. What we need to do first. What do you do first? You know? Well, uh, you're referring to, um, we've discussed many times, uh, G.K. Chesterton's book, Orthodoxy. And then I think that's from the fourth chapter. It is, yeah. Uh, Flag, of, Flag of the World. Yep, that's what it's called. Where he talks about, he, he meant, when he was very young, young, he met two very interesting and odd individuals in the world. The pessimist and the optimist, and um, and he goes on in that chapter to explain uh, ultimately that the pessimists and optimists are not very good people, and um, or more specifically, they're not very effective people. Right, right. In in reality, uh, the pessimist feels everything in the world is wrong except himself. Mm -hmm. And the optimist feels everything is right in the world except the pessimist. <laughs> okay, so so it's the pessimist, conflict. yeah, the pessimist uh, uh, sees all the uh, terrible things in the world, but doesn't love it enough to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the optimist uh, uh, doesn't doesn't love the world enough to see. Uh, to look honestly at the problems uh, because they're perhaps lazy and and lack love. And so the challenge for um, for, for G.K. Yeah. Chesterton and us 
he was trying to come up with well and then also uh I'll, I, I can't remember if he goes into the realist but i really i actually I see believe the he person does. that does he but i uh just and this might be influenced by uh reading chesterton but when i think of a realist i think a realist is actually um just a closet pessimist or an optimist absolutely i totally okay get that. so so if you if you tend to be a pessimistic person but you recognize that pessimism and optimism are are like opposites not true this is like a contradiction those positions are not true, but you tend to be like a pessimistic person. You then call yourself a realist. I'm just seeing things real. And I would suppose that the realist, more often than not, would end up being a closet pessimist than the optimist, don't you think? Yeah, well, I, I used to be a... Um, or I struggle with being a pessimist. I'm more of a... Um, I call my, I've called myself a realist in the past... And it's just an excuse to be a pessimist. Or hide your pessimism. Yeah, it's because I'm like, well, the world is bad, so I... But I'm just being realistic. Yeah, I'm being realistic. But the truth is that there is good and there's bad in the world. And, uh... Yeah. It, yeah. And so Chesterton says that, okay, he's he's trying to find what... and it, What's and better? And it came to him... What what is and he realized it's neither of those. And before I even share, which many of you may already know what the answer is, I know Z knows, but but what he real but what he realizes one of the things that pessimists and optimists don't realize when you are a person, and if you are a person, you're probably in the world. If you're in the world it's not like you get to shop around for a world that you want to be on. A better world or a worse world. Or a you know. better world. If you're in a country, and you're a part of a country, now technically you could shop around, but it's very difficult. But anyway, you are placed in a country. You're placed on a world that you don't have a choice. That's where you are. Right. So it's not like you get to shop around. So if you take the optimist side nothing's going to work because you'll never correct any things that need to be corrected. If you take the pessimist side, you'll be t tearing down everything, all the good and the bad, because yeah. all you see is the bad. Okay? So what do you recognize? You have to be a patriot of that country. You have to be a patriot of the world. And that's where he came up with the galactic patriot. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Pinchy and I both have kind of like really taken that to heart that we are uh, galactic patriots that you know what we know that uh, we know what the Bible says about the end we know how wickedness will become more wicked and we know that the breath of the Lord just the appearance of his coming is going to slay the wicked and and bring in his kingdom but we also know that he put us on this world to be galactic patriots yes. to fight for truth Will and, the best and, of will the best of the world for the world, but being able to say that we're flawed, right? Just like well, and that's it's like love, yeah. Willing the good of another. Love isn't you be whoever you are. Love is you can be better. You can be a better person, and we're not just 
automatically patriots. Being a patriot is willing to see things change, but realistically, not yeah, tearing down everything. Is, yeah, true love is uh, is desiring the good of another for their own sake. So, um, if I have a friend that is a meth addict and he's really hurting, and he says he'll feel better if I give him meth. And I give him meth. That is not willing the good of another. Nope. Nope. It may take tough love and say, no, I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to give you what's bad for you. You may choose to do and find another way to fulfill your your addiction. But it won't come through me. Right. It won't come through me. And so um, the only thing I would add to you, uh, us wanting uh, willing people to change or, or... we need to give them the freedom to change. Yeah. And plus, we're not the scorekeepers. Right. You know? We're not. Uh, and so if God we're is. willing the good of another, then we want the good of another. We're going to do what's good for the other. Yeah. And then according, according to the scripture, we're going to expect the best from another. You know? And as those people that we're talking about of willing the good for another are closer to us, it gets... Um, I guess there's no way to avoid it. It gets more difficult to do that because it re- you have more invested. Yeah. You've you know, invested. when a husband... Yeah. So if if there's somebody at church and I think, oh, I, I hope the best for them, I pray for them, I will the good of them, mm-hmm. it's like, but I don't see them all the time. Okay, so I'm willing the good for my wife or I'm willing the good for my husband and I'm praying for them and, and whatnot. And, but I live with them. I rub shoulders with them. I deal with them every day in interaction. Uh, that change that I'm hoping for them, is it really a change that I want for them, or is it because I want to be pleased? Yeah, because <laughs> you, know? you want them to be better for your sake. Yeah, right. So That's a hard uh, thing. That's a very good point. So you want them to be better for your sake. Um, who is it? Was it Jesus that said that? Um, or I don't know. I can't remember if it's Jesus or Paul. You talked about that uh, uh, parents discipline children for what seems best to them. Mm-hmm. It's basically what's best for them. But God disciplines us what uh, what is good for us. Yeah. So basically, I would say that this kind of comes down to wisdom, right? And prudence. And knowing when the best uh, thing to do is. When to do the best thing. And uh, so the beginning of wisdom is fearing God. And we got to have that down. We need to have the faith down. We need to understand who God is and follow mm-hmm. him. And then after mm-hmm. that, after we've, we've uh, not fixed our lives, but gotten better and, and are doing what we should. Redirect it, redirect it, or refocus it. Aiming true, aiming true to God. Because then, we're we're what's strange to me is that we are flying the plane while we're being taught how to fly a plane. Right. We're still learning. Right? Yeah, we're still yeah. learning. But we're flying the plane. It's not like this is practice. Right. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Right. This is life. This is life that we gotta we gotta deal with. And uh so mm-hmm. yeah, this is real life. We we can't really we can't change the world that we live in. We can't change where where we are right now. Um that's not why we're here. We're here because we have a calling. That is, we we need to call others to Christ 
and we need to live out our calling. We need to live out our calling. And so we need to to deal with our house first before we can deal with the world as in general and help other people. So in the end, we need a balance between understanding and and also staying away from all the evil that just that exists. Would you say that's pretty much how you would sum it up? Mm-hmm. There's a couple things I'd add and get more specific. So we take care of ourselves, like you said, for, uh, fear of the Lord. Um, but we have to understand that there are actions that we have to take. Yeah. And I say have to take. There are actions that are going to present themselves to us every day. So you and I talked before, um, not on air here, but about how uh, voting yeah, voting is so important. And someone will say it doesn't do anything. Maybe, maybe not. But it's one of those boxes that you have to check, that you have to do. Okay? It's one of those things it's you have duty. to do. Now, maybe, uh, maybe uh, you writing a letter... Uh, to the newspaper or or to your senator or, or congresswoman um, saying that you are struggling to believe that your vote counts you still have you may not quite believe in the voting but it's one of those simple things that in a free country we've been given and if it's corrupted it's corrupted but we still need to do it okay uh, if you have children uh you have a responsibility to know and take action to know what the school is teaching. Okay? And if they're uh, teaching something that uh, you disagree with uh, on a level of principle uh, and that you f- uh, feel is... Um, harmful. Perhaps even wicked and harmful, that's, that's your battle. It's not Kazakhstan. It's the school board. It's where you are. Right? Where you are. Uh, you and I talked about, and it's in the news um, uh, in Virginia. I want to say Loudoun County, but um, the school board had a lot of pushback from parents. It was wonderful to see. Mm-hmm. Wonderful parents at that school board speaking effectively and accurately. Uh, and specifically and succinctly uh, identifying the problems and challenging the school board. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. But there were 30 parents. That school has 400 students. Where's the other 370 parents? Mm-hmm. Now, we're not going to expect that all the parents are going to think the same, uh, and all of them are going to be um, uh, in unison uh but we would think that there would be more than 30 right that would be against uh for example CRT uh indoctrination or uh LGBTQ indoctrination you would think there would be more than 30 you know my hat's off to those 30 so there are things like voting if you have children taking care of their uh their uh and and being responsible for their education. We mentioned going to church. I'm a Christian. I can just stay home and, and, and sit in my closet and, 
and pray and hum and read my Bible. It's like, no, you need a church. You need people. Yeah. People uh, exist uh, whether or not you like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, uh, so you, you don't have children and so you don't have to go to school board, but, um, you totally refuse to acknowledge, um, the, um, irrationality and unreality of transgender. Yep. You know, you don't have to go try to find a transgender person to disagree with them. And in fact, generally they're not, they're not the worst of the problem. It's the, it's the promoters, um, that are promoting it. Uh, but, uh, those are just victims and in delusion or caught in the euphoria, uh, euphoria, of a popular movement uh, without realizing that they're denying reality. But you don't have to go and search them out. Uh, the The war is going to present itself to your doorstep. Yeah. And that that is the war that God will hold us accountable for. What did you do with what you had? What did you do with what you had? What did you do with what you were faced with? Well, I think... Uh, I'm not... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I think a good example is honestly we're we're me and you we're not the best people in the world. We don't do everything right, but we decided we made a decision that we we're gonna start a podcast, and that's where we are is we're doing what we can with what we have what we can do with what we have exactly hey thank you for uh thank in. you for taking uh the time to hang out and uh please um Please uh, hit the subscribe button and and uh, watch for our videos in the future. And uh, please leave a comment if there's anything positive or negative or things that you would like us to talk more about. Or if you want us to be quiet, we'll read that. Mm-hmm. But we probably won't be quiet, will we? <laughs> nope. No. No, but all your comments are appreciated. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and we wish you the best. May Godspeed be yours. May your sails be full. And always. May your sea be calm. <laughs> and always aim true. Always aim true. Yep. All right, Pinchy. See you later. Good. Yep. Bye-bye. Good? Yeah, that would be bad. Uh, welcome to Rupert and Pinchy, another great episode. Actually, it's our first episode. Okay, so uh, welcome to Rupert and Pinchy, another episode of Rupert and Pinchy. This is, in fact, our first episode. Okay. Anyway, this uh, welcome to another episode of Rupert and Pinchy. No, actually, this is our initial episode of Rupert Are and you Pinchy. sure you don't want me to start? Say yep. hi. Hi. Are you a goat? And I found a plumber that said he would want to sponsor us. So plumbers are sponsoring us today. Um, take the plunge. Give them a call. Help them solve all your problems. That's what I'm going with. Is that good? Sure. Okay. I don't even know who you are, actually. Have you written any books? Uh, probably, but none of them are published yet. What do you mean, probably? How do you define a book? I, just, I have enough uh, writings that could fit in a book. Okay. I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> well, according to the doctor, my favorite color is red, but I really like blue. I don't know. My, my talent uh, search assistant found you on the internet randomly. We've had... Three minutes of nothing. That's okay. Three minutes of nothing is better than something. I'm only 325, so in fact, you are older than me and aging much better than me. First of all, before I even get into life in general, because I haven't taken any magic mushrooms lately, 